Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and I have my favorite occasional co-host with me tonight. Josh, thank you so much for filling in for Ryan again. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. I feel like my title gets expanded every time. First, it was like favorite co-host, favorite occasional co-host. I can't wait to see what next time is going to be. <laughs> well, I can't say favorite co-host because then Ryan gets so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take favorite occasional. <laughs> Excellent. So, yes, thank you again for joining me tonight. Uh, Ryan is away, but he should be back next week. And uh, before we jump into what we've been playing, I just wanted to remind everybody that we have started our Extra Life campaign. So you can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018 if you would like to join the team or support us. Um, I actually still haven't joined the team yet. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, mm-hmm. and that's mostly just I mean, like PSA for you guys. I have literally like we were because of uh, the work I'm doing for DreamHack and our wedding coming up. I don't have a free weekend in November. So Ryan and I are still trying to coordinate and figure out if I'm actually even going to be able to participate this year. So that's kind of on the bubble. But um, yeah, the team is there if you guys want to join and I'm going to do my best, uh, possibly do some sort of a like two 12 hour streams in October or like one in October, one in December or something. But my November is just uh, completely and totally booked. So that's kind of why if you go to the Extra Life page, you're not going to see me on it. It's not because I'm not doing it or opting out or whatever. She's branching off into her own team. It's just scheduling. We're no longer good enough. (laughs) It's just (laughs) scheduling issues. That's all. I love you guys. I love the event. Uh, We're trying to figure out a way to make this work. So, um, yeah, I I should be on there soon once we kind of figure out the logistics of everything. But Ryan will be doing a stream this year at some point. We'll figure it all out. But the team's up there because the most important thing is donating to this super awesome, amazing cause. So, um, yeah, go over to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018 to see all of our team members and all of their fundraising efforts. So, Josh, I'm so happy to I'm so happy to have you back because, again, you're playing stuff that is like not even on my radar right now. So (laughs) (laughs) you've gone back again to something that I know we've had a really great time in the past playing together. Uh, But you're playing Don't Starve together, which how long has that been out now? Uh, Oh, boy. Uh, I played it during the beta, which I'm pretty sure was almost five years ago. I was going to say, I feel like it's been quite a long time. Like, Don't Starve has been this kind of background, super fun, chill game that I kind of gravitate towards when I'm not quite sure what to play. And then when they came out with Don't Starve Together, I remember doing a few different streams, like probably about three years ago with you guys, um, just testing out the multiplayer and it's super super fun so have they updated stuff since the last time we talked about it uh yes there has been like from the original don't starve together they've added reign of giants which was in the standalone and they recently added uh a new reign which uh adds more stuff into it it doesn't include shipwrecked that's only available in the standalone uh don't like starve. The, the single player version correct but Shipwrecked Within itself is like a whole different version of the game, so I can understand it not being there. It kind of takes place in a different world. Okay. But uh, Don't Starve Together, it has the two expansions that come with it. It's only 15 bucks. It's so much fun to play with people. Like, I've been streaming with Val, like, almost every time I live stream, I'm like, oh, let me, 
let me text Val. Val, come on, come on, be available, Val. <laughs> it's so much fun. Like, just it, at its core, it's a simple survival game. You collect stuff up, you build materials, and blah, blah, blah. But it's just got so much humor into it. It's, uh, uh, like, if anybody's looking for a game, first of all, you can buy this on Steam for 15 bucks. They actually give you a second copy to give to another friend. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yes. I didn't realize like I, that it was like a, a built-in bundle, pass out the key, play with a friend type thing. Yep. Uh, I don't believe it does that on PlayStation. If it did, it didn't give me my second code. But <laughs> but for Steam, yeah, you can literally, you'll buy it for 15 bucks and like, hey, have another code to send to a friend. So if you and somebody else is really looking into it, for 15 bucks, you both get a copy. So it's like a, a buy one, get two, you know? Sweet. Like a, I don't even know how that acronym would go. I know BOGO is like buy one, get one. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> uh, it's a really fun game to play together. Uh, we played on PlayStation 4. The controls are a little weird compared to the PC. You do kind of get used to it after a while. I miss the freedom a mouse gives with the game. Mm. Like if you're used to games where you have to play stuff and go through a radial menu and stuff, then PC is probably a good place to start. But the accessibility on PlayStation is just... Uh, I love streaming from that. So it's just like sit on the couch, boot it up, invite Val, have some fun. Oh, man, I love couch games so much. <laughs> I almost bought uh, one of the titles we're going to talk about later on today. I almost bought Shadow of the Tomb Raider on PC. And then I'm just like, you know what? No, I'm going to get it on my PlayStation. <laughs> I'm going to play from my couch. I'm going to relax. It's going to be glorious. But uh, yeah, the, I don't think I've ever played Don't Starve Together on the console. I've played it on the PC and I enjoy don't starve quite a lot but i feel like i'm terrible at it i don't think i've ever made a pass like i don't know 10 or 15 days maybe max <laughs> well the, the cool thing that's been happening with us like we've been playing it a lot and we like to say we've been playing it successfully is kind of misleading uh right now our record is day 75 which we were both stoked about that's insane but it took like seven or eight games to get there. Like the cool thing about Don't Starve is like every time you die from something other than starvation, because the title's totally misleading, you're not going <laughs> to starve. You're going to die by 16,000 other ways, but you're probably not going to starve. <laughs> but uh, every time we've died, we're like, OK, so we know in winter this is going to happen so we can plan for that. And then we plan for it. We get a little bit further and then something else happens. We get a little bit further. So it's a nice kind of like you're not severely punished for losing it's more of a learning experience so you're kind of learning the game bit by bit and the days go by fast enough to where you don't go like oh we got to day 75 it's gonna suck going through 75 days again it's mm. like, no it's still a fun experience yeah and so how much time does it take for for a 75 day experience well let's see um probably i think we last streamed it was about three or four hours and we got through about i want to say 20 to 25 days i feel like so, that sounds about right because i feel like our attempts that ended up with us like failing somewhere in and around the like 20 day mark were usually about an hour and a half to two hours so that that sounds about right yeah like a good solid like eight hour stream you'll probably have you know two or three playthroughs Right. Unless you're just like banging it, then you have like one really good playthrough. But <laughs> with all the things that can kill you, two to three playthroughs is pretty good. 
<laughs> yeah, I feel like there were just so many, especially after um, Reign of Giants came out. The the contrast from original Don't Starve to Don't Starve Reign of Giants was like, oh, my God, avoid everything. Everything's going to kill me. <laughs> like, See, you can't what, even, like, chop down trees. <laughs> that's what got us. Like, I hadn't played Reign of Giants. Like, mm. before Val and I started playing, the last time I played was with you, Jimmy, and Val on the PC. And that was, like, a while ago. Yeah. So I hadn't played Reign of Giants, and then like one of our pl- first playthroughs, there's these moose goose things, which are like two stories tall, like geese with a moose head. Yep. Just <laughs> land on top of our base and start laying eggs. Like, like what the heck is this, Reign of Giants? <laughs> you can't just fly in moose goose and destroy our base. And... Turns out they can. Why yes. didn't you have a backup base with just as much stuff? See, Poor this is planning. <laughs> this is the part where I was talking about. And then we learned and now we're like, OK, we're going to have a second minor base so that in case things go wrong here, we can have somewhere to run to. That's the learning ah. curve. So ever since then, we've either made sure 100 percent our starting area is good or we've had a backup spot. Which sometimes ends up in lower caves and we become mole people. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that was a thing. <laughs> We don't physically become more oh, people. Okay. <laughs> but now that there's underground, we're just like, you know what? Like summer is brutal. The summer season after winter is brutal. So we're just like, you know what? Screw this weather. We're living underground. <laughs> Can't and get rained on when you're people. underground. <laughs> yeah, but rocks do tend to fall on your head, which mm. is a slight problem. <laughs> yeah, you gotta well, pick your poison. Rocks, rain, eh, tomato, tomato. <laughs> sounds like you've had a lot of fun in Don't Starve Together and sounds like it's something that I should get back into uh, because like I say I've, I've done a little bit of solo Don't Starve but I haven't played Don't Starve Together in quite a while so it might be good to get a, a live stream together you said you're playing on PlayStation? Yes I'm playing on PlayStation I do have it on PC as well uh, I'm down to play anytime like we are addicted to playing this game so <laughs> you say the word And I will not starve together with you. Excellent. Well, speaking of multiplayer gameplay addictions, I tried something this past weekend that, okay, so anybody who's been listening to the podcast or watching my stream knows that I was absolutely obsessed with PUBG for quite a while. So this past weekend, Call of Duty had a beta showing off their kind of, I guess, answer to PUBG or their version of Battle Royale called Blackout. So... It was available to everybody who pre-ordered or was lucky enough to get early access uh, starting on Friday and then uh, was open to everyone, I believe, on Saturday. And uh, I got quite a lot of playtime in, but I've got to say, I think I might actually be done with the Battle Royale shooters. Gasp. I know, I know, because I just I loved PUBG, but then I got um, really burnt out on that game specifically because it felt like they were um, putting their resources into kind of making a quick buck as opposed to actually fixing Fixing. a lot of. (laughs) Yeah, fixing a lot of the bugs, fixing a lot of the underlying issues, which kind of really came to light, I think, when they when they released the game 
for good as opposed to it being in a beta. I was just like, oh, man, there's still so, so many problems with this. I can't believe like this is your like release version. Um, So I fell off of it pretty hard after they did their wide release, but still had so many problems. It just like didn't feel fun anymore. It felt like there were a lot of people who were exploiting the game and who were cheating and and stuff like that And, and cheating in ways like shooting you through the map with a shotgun which is just like a glitch <laughs> that the company didn't fix. So it just like it, I really soured on PUBG. And so I was really looking forward to Call of Duty because I was like, maybe I just like I, I like the the kind of gameplay loop. And right. I used to play Call of Duty. I played um, back in like the the original when it first came out kind of days. And then I think the last actual Call of Duty I played was maybe advanced warfare. Like I didn't play the most recent call of duty that came out last year that had like the space battles. I was like, that looks really stupid. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not touching this one. So I didn't yeah, play that. I don't, one. I don't follow call of duty. The last one I played was modern warfare too. And from what people say, that was probably one of the best ones to play. And since then it's been kind of up and down. Yeah. So I mean, and the, also the, the last time I played, um, Sorry, not the last time, the second last time I played and all the times I played before that I was playing Call of Duty on console. So I wasn't even playing on PC and I never finished uh, like the last Call of Duty game that I played that I did play on PC. I didn't actually finish it. So and I didn't play the multiplayer hardly at all. And I feel like that's my major issue with Call of Duty Blackout is that even though it has the same gameplay loop as PUBG, it has like all the people who were populating the beta were people who because I played on the like early access pre-order day. Right. So it's like these are all the super hardcore Call of Duty people who have bought the game in addition to all the super hardcore Battle Royale people who are interested to see what they're doing differently than PUBG and if this is like the new thing to follow. So I was just like every single match that I got into, I was dead within the first like minute (laughs) yeah if i like my experience with call of duty i really enjoyed it doing the online stuff uh but you die quickly which is why i i kind of felt like putting that fast-paced style of gameplay in a you die only once battle royale may not have meshed as well like you die slowly in PUBG in comparison like yes, you could you take do. a couple hits, drop down, hide, heal and all that. I don't think there was ever a point in Call of Duty where I was like, oh, I'm taking some shots. Let me go prone and hide behind this corner. I was like, I'm get you. I'm dead. OK, it so, fe- yeah. And it still feels like that. And not only does it feel like that, it basically feels like whoever sees the other party first just wins the battle because you get the opportunity to have the first shot and then you just win. So. It didn't feel although they do have the Call of Duty like um, damage indicator, I guess you could call it like the little arrow that points to the direction that you're getting hit from, which does help and is something that PUBG doesn't have. So or at least and when I say when I'm talking about PUBG, I'm talking about the version from probably like four to six months ago. I really haven't played it lately. I fell off it really hard. So um, they may have added new features. I don't know. I haven't been following it, but. 
Um, in terms of uh, Call of Duty, like I say, they have the damage direction indicator, which is really helpful. But yeah, you do. You die really, really quickly. And so I felt like the combination of just the, the mechanic of the fast death in Call of Duty, but then also the fact that a lot of people who I would have been playing against, I was playing on PC and they would have been people who are fans of Call of Duty and, you know, no one, it didn't feel like anyone was learning the gameplay the way that I was learning <laughs> the gameplay. It felt like everybody was a veteran already. Whereas like PUBG, I picked that up basically as soon as it became available in like beta early access, like right at the very beginning of, of kind of public availability. And uh, so when I picked it up, it felt like everyone was kind of learning alongside me. And I don't know if that is just because it wasn't like an existing property or if it's because it was um, like early, early access or like, I don't really know what the reason is, or maybe it's even their background matchmaking. I don't know what kind of matchmaking Call of Duty has in their blackout mode, but for whatever reason, I felt like 99 or sorry, I guess it's only a battlefield of 80. So 79 players <laughs> in there knew what they were doing. And I did that. they not. gave you a 20 man head start. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. Uh, so, yeah, like I it was it was fun. It's definitely way more stable, way more polished than um, PUBG. And it has all of uh, or some of the areas of the map apparently are uh, inspired by or kind of copies of multiplayer maps from other Call of Duty games. So it's like if you've played other Call of Duties, if you've played other um, like multiplayer maps in the franchise, when you drop into some of these locations, you're going to know your way around, which is another thing that because I haven't played it in so long and because I mean, God, I don't even remember which one it was where I used to play. Uh, it was the it was like the World War Two Call of Duty that oh, wow. I used to play with, where it was like <laughs> capture, capture the point and hold the control point and stuff like that's the Call of Duty multiplayer that I played. And that was a really, really long time ago. So <laughs> saying, World War Two, that was a uh, whoof. That was like original Call of Duty. Yeah. So uh, so, yeah, I feel like um, people who are familiar with Call of Duty, the franchise, have a definite leg up because you'll be um, familiar with the shooting, which feels a lot more steady than PUBG. Like PUBG seems to have a lot of recoil, whereas Call of Duty has a lot of like bullet spread. So they both have their like accuracy mechanics, but like the screen shakes less in Call of Duty, if that makes sense. Um, so it's still like if you're a fan of Call of Duty, you'll probably like this and you'll definitely have a leg up because you'll be used to the locations and how to navigate your way through the buildings and the crates and stuff. So you have a lot of like map awareness as well as combat awareness. So if you're a Call of Duty person, you're going to be good at this game. Since I'm not, I was really bad at it. And we played for like probably a good three or four hours like I played a big chunk of it and that amount of time when your time in the actual map is only a minute or two because you die that quickly <laughs> like <laughs> I mean yeah the number of drops we did was insane it was pr we probably did 
60 or 70 drops i would say like we played a lot <laughs> yeah but that was my because we died I... so quickly or at least i died quickly and that was the other thing sometimes i would die within the first minute or two and i was the only one on my team that was dead so my team rightfully so would keep playing and i'm like well now what what do i do like <laughs> which was a problem in PUBG too but i felt I'll like say, that reminds me of my PUBG days <laughs> but like with PUBG, i always felt like I would last 10 or 15 minutes before we would get into an engagement. And that's another thing. The blackout map is is a lot smaller than the even original PUBG map. Um, it's it's quite a small map. Things feel like the locations are right on top of each other and you can pretty it's much more like Fortnite, I guess, in terms of map scale. You can uh, pretty much jump to anywhere regardless of where the plane is which is something I don't love. I liked the um, kind of size of the original PUBG map where the plane mattered and right. you could reach like maybe half the map from the plane. That felt really good because then if you like, you could have a strategy where you were like, okay, if we jump here, there's a lot of vehicles. We can go to a place that the plane wouldn't have touched. There's no such thing as a place the plane doesn't touch in Fortnite <laughs> or in uh, in Call of Duty Blackout. So uh, like it's it had some it has a lot more stability and a lot more polish than PUBG, um, but it's still I think it still has its uh, its issues. But I think I might just be done with this whole uh, method of gameplay. <laughs> I, yeah. It makes me really wish that PUBG was a little bit more stable and a little bit more polished because uh, that was the one that really caught my attention and that I got fairly decent at the shooting mechanics in. So which I found out firsthand. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you're really good with a shotgun, especially when my prey is in a closet <laughs> <laughs> and has his alliance name over his head, you know, saying, please don't shoot me. I'm on you. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I played PUBG a little bit with you guys, played a little bit solo. And for me, it just it was the same thing over and over. And being someone who's really into like the story RPG kind of games, it was just kind of. Not quite enough for me. I say that after talking about Don't Starve, but. <laughs> but uh, still, I yeah. mean, like, it just depends on the gameplay loop, right? And the gameplay loop right. in these battle royales is get in, loot, fight, die. Get in, loot, fight, die. And sometimes that gameplay loop happens a lot quicker. Sometimes it's a lot slower, depending on how you're progressing. And I think that's the difference is like with PUBG, I felt like. Even after a few hours, I could feel that I was getting better at it. Whereas with Call of Duty, because you die so quickly, I felt like I never got better at it because I never had a chance to really practice the combat. It was either me blowing someone away, which I think I got a total of two kills through the whole night. Whoa, I was super slow down there. Tiger. I know I was super <laughs> psyched. Um, so more often it was me like not even being able to return fire because by the time I turned around, I was dead. So um, it's. It's good if you like Call of Duty and if you're good at the Call of Duty multiplayer and combat style. But even then, like you mentioned, Call of Duty multiplayer, you respawn. There is no respawning in this battle royale. Yeah. You go, well, was, you can go into a new battle royale, but yeah. That's what helped me learn Call of Duty is like when you die, you're instantly back. And then, you know, like you have an idea of where you were, where they came from, maybe how you need to watch your flank. Mm -hmm. But to die once and then that's it. I don't know. I, I feel like it's more of a new Call of Duty mode, more so than a new Battle Royale. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, it kind of does. Because and this, this is the thing. Call of Duty Blackout is part of the new Call of Duty package. Like, it, it isn't its own standalone game. It's part of the new Call of Duty. So I think I'm probably just going to refund my pre-order. I think I might just be done with Call of Duty. I don't know. I know a lot of people that I normally would play PUBG with. Um, people from my raid team, they're super psyched about it. They had a really good time. So I'm super glad that they did. But... I feel like maybe instead of PUBG, my post-raid activity might just be Hearthstone from now on. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm not loving this. Uh, I, I didn't love Blackout. But again, that's a very, very personal opinion. I think overall, if you're good at Call of Duty, it's a good it's a good game and it's a good battle royale. I was going to say clone, but it's not really a clone. Like, it's a good iteration in the series of battle royale games yeah, that we've say, had it's a good addition to the genre exactly that's a very good way to put it <laughs> so speaking of dying a lot and being put in tombs which need to then be raided i see you've been playing shadow the tomb raider i have a and plus I'm, segue yeah you did so well <laughs> i'm going to uh yeah i'm going to talk about shadow of the tomb raider a little bit more next week i think because uh unfortunately i had a whole bunch of stuff come up today and i didn't have a chance to play nearly as much as i wanted to so i've only played the first half hour 45 minutes or so of shadow of the tomb raider but so far it seems like more of the same. If you've liked Tomb Raider games in the past, then it has a lot of the same mechanics. There's a couple of new things like I don't ever remember doing like wall running that you have to do in Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So it's like they've added one more piece to the kind of traversal mechanics, which is nice, um, just making it a little bit more complicated. And then... The other thing, and I don't know if this is because I've never really looked for it before or if it's something that uh, just more games are making use of now. But this is another game. I think uh, Spider-Man was the other one that I talked about recently that has this. Uh, the difficulty settings, you have the option of setting it to like easy, normal, hard, very hard. But then you can also go into those settings and really refine it. So I was able to put like combat on easy, but puzzles on hard with uh, traversal on. I think I picked normal for traversal. So it's like I, I was able to pick and choose which parts of the game I wanted to be a little bit more challenging, which was, I thought, a really nice addition because it's like, the stuff that I might not necessarily be great at, which is, you know, aiming quickly and shooting people becomes a little bit easier, whereas the things that I am really good at, like puzzles, becomes much more challenging. And it's like I walk into a room now and there's no hints. There's no like nothing is painted white. Nothing shows up if I use like my cheat vision <laughs> that the Tomb Raider <laughs> games have, you know, as so, all RPGs have exactly like there's no highlighting. There's no none of that. It's like you literally just walk into the room and have to figure things out. And so it was nice to be able to have that increased difficulty in puzzles with a little bit easier combat. So um, I'm enjoying it so far. I like those kind of like modular difficulty settings and it's it, it is more of the same. So I think uh, I'll probably talk about Shadow of the Tomb Raider more next week once I've had a little bit more time in the story, because mechanically, it's the same game as the previous iterations. 
So it's really going to come down to the story. Is is the story compelling? So far, it's pretty cool. It's set in uh, South America. So you start off in Mexico with um, plans to go down to like Brazil and Peru. It's very like jungle focused. So I think it's going to be really cool. And it has a lot of like Mayan culture in it. And uh, yeah, it's I'm enjoying it so far. It seems like a really cool setting. We'll have to see, but it's definitely more of the same. Like it feels the same. But in a good way. In a like good way, you yeah. Enjoyed if those, you like gotcha. Tomb Raider, then this is another iteration that you will like in the Tomb Raider It's a series. nice addition to the genre. It feels like it very much just is more story on the same base game, if that makes sense. Like, if this had just yeah. been an expansion or, like, a DLC or something, although, obviously, it has all the content of a major AAA title release, but I'm just saying, like, this could have very easily been tacked on to the last game. That's how similar the mechanics are. Gotcha. So, yeah, more Shadow of the Tomb Raider next week, I promise. But you've been diving into something that I've been a little bit hesitant about. And we've talked. I think we talked about it uh, either last week or the week before. Ryan and I did the whole idea of Nintendo online. It's out now and it, it has is. it has classic NES games tied to it, which is cool. But this is also the service that you have to pay for, though it's much cheaper than many of the other console um, online multiplayer subscription yeah. models. But it's like crazy cheaper, cheaper. It is. <laughs> And I'm kind of like, well, they have a free trial. So if you are just like, hey, I want to see if this is worth it. There is a seven day free trial you can sign up for. Well, I think so, that my my big. Um, I, get, I don't even know if I want to call it a problem, but the hurdle I'm trying to get over when it comes to Nintendo online is that they've kind of like taken parts of games that I used to just be able to do and put it behind a paywall. So I used to be able to just play Mario Kart with my friends or play Splatoon multiplayer. And now they're like, oh, there's a paywall between you and that stuff that you already had. <laughs> right. And like from and we knew a it was consumer. Coming. Yeah. From a consumer standpoint, it kind of sucks. But if you think about what it takes to run those servers and whatnot, you need some sort of monetary upkeep. And see, this is the thing that I that. I understand from Nintendo's perspective, and it's not like they sprung this on us. They've been talking about Nintendo online since the Switch was announced sort of thing like they, this isn't anything that yeah. should come as a surprise. It's just it creates this feel bad moment as a consumer to have a game and have access to features that then partway through. Suddenly there's another price I have to pay, you know? Yeah, which so, I think is good that they didn't make it too expensive right like for four dollars one month eight dollars three months or twenty dollars for a year that's a price point where i would say uh it sucks but if giving you a twenty dollar bill means for a year i don't have to listen to it then that's good for me because you right. figure it's what 15 bucks a month for playstation and xbox or is it, 10? it is, I can't remember. uh i think it might be closer to 15 i pay for those services annually and i believe it's like 60 bucks american a year for both yeah. oh no it's more than that it's is a it little now? bit more 
Yeah, I think it's a little bit more than that. And this is the other thing, is that first of all, it's in American dollars, and second of all, it's automatically just comes off my credit card once a year. So <laughs> it's more so like, oh, there's a big charge from PlayStation. What the heck is that for? Oh, right, that's my PlayStation Plus membership renewing or whatever. And I don't, like, I just see it as a big number. I don't remember what the number is. Yeah, I always get worried because I forget when I started all my subscriptions. I just know it's not all at the same time. So I'll be like looking through my account I'm like, wait a second, I'm missing. Oh, that's right. I get to play games online. Exactly. And like I said, it when I first signed up, it was 60 bucks, but it might have gone up since then. So, I mean, I'm not even sure how much it is. I just know it's more yeah, I than I it. <laughs> it's something I just pay and it's more than I want it to be. But it's something that I'm just used to having on that platform. And so now Nintendo has come out as like the third console that I would be paying just to use their multiplayer servers. And I'm just like, do I play these things multiplayer often enough? Like, so, uh, for instance, we play Overcooked together within the last few weeks. That's the last like Nintendo multiplayer thing that I did. It's not a Nintendo only property, but it's the last multiplayer thing that I played do I have to have Nintendo online to go and play Overcooked with you now? Because that just kind of it just feels bad. <laughs> uh, for that one, I'm not 100 percent sure. I know some of their bigger titles like Mario Kart and Splatoon were the ones that were hit. Yeah. Um, Fortnite is still free. Mm-hmm. Well, if Fortnite's um, free, then maybe Overcooked is, too. But it yeah. just it feels uh, yeah, it just it just feels bad. And it's it's me being um I don't know, stingy, maybe, or petty at like, it seems like I should just go ahead and do it. But it's just like, I don't know. I just wish it wasn't there. I understand why it is there. So the part that they're offering us as um, the carrot on the stick, if you will, to this, <laughs> uh, aside from just the ability to play multiplayer with your friends, are these classic NES games, which I think I talked about uh, last week or the week before with Ryan. I just got my NES Classic or the NES Mini. I can't remember what it's. I think it's the NES Mini. Anyways, Mini, yeah. Yeah, Matt got it for me for my birthday. And then Nintendo was like, hey, guess what? You could just get all these games on the Switch. And I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> but um, yeah, so. Well, for someone who didn't have the Mini, yeah. I was stoked. Excellent. Um, so what of the classic games that are offered via Nintendo Online? What have you actually poked around in oh geez so right now they got 21 games of like so many different variety and then they're not like crappy titles either like there's mario super mario 3 which i was playing this morning oh i love uh, that game the original zelda which i was playing uh while you were streaming last time uh they've got some sports games tech mobile i was playing this morning uh dr mario which my family just loves like we love playing dr so the Dr. Mario they... is kind of like Tetris, right? Correct. OK, because it, like so... it's been a really long time since I've played Dr. Mario. How dare you? I know. I'm sorry. So for me, like I did the three month plan, so I dropped eight dollars on this. Just having access to those games is pretty sweet for me. Uh, it sucks that I would lose access if I stopped playing or stopped paying for it. Mm hmm. But right now they've already got uh, nine more games slated till the end of the year to come out. So you're looking at 30 games by the start of 2019. And, and again, like, it includes games like Metroid is coming out, I believe, either November, December. So 
it's it's cool that because one of my problems with PlayStation Plus and the Xbox, whatever it's called, Live, is that these free games that you get. To be honest, I kind of don't ever want to play them. Like it's like, oh, you get this obscure indie title that got good reviews in this one conference, and I'm like, oh, do you have anything good? <laughs> yeah, then... <laughs> that's I, I totally agree with you about game selection, because I feel like with the exception of Rocket League on PlayStation Plus, and I feel like that might be the only one that I've started playing like from scratch on PlayStation Plus. And even then, that was because Matt specifically it was like when we first started dating and Matt specifically said like, oh, this new game is coming out and I'm super stoked for it and it's free. Do you want to try it? And I was like, soccer with cars? Sure, that could be (laughs) stupid fun. Um, So like that's that was kind of if he hadn't said anything to me, I don't think I even would have like gotten into Rocket League. And then um, everything else, I feel like are titles similar to, say, like a Limbo, where it's a game that I know is good, but that I bought when it first came out and I've already played through. So by the time it cycles through to Xbox Live or to uh, PlayStation Plus, I'm just like, ah, well, I've already played this indie title and it's, you know, not really worth playing again. Whereas for whatever reason, I've played all of these classic Nintendo titles, too, but they feel more replayable for some reason. I don't know what it is. I really don't. Well, it's it's really pinging on that nostalgia, mm. which um, which something like Limbo great. wouldn't do. Right. And like this was something I was talking to somebody last week about video games and I was talking about Nintendo and like how great a company is that they can take something like The Legend of Zelda, like Mario Brothers and Yoshi and create them back in the 1980s. And here we are at nearly 2020 and they're still making, you know, bank off these awesome I can't think of the word franchises. So, <laughs> you know, they're still making money off these franchises because we love them like mm-hmm. we do. You give me a Dr. Mario upgraded graphics, I'm going to buy it. Mm-hmm. You give me Excite Bike and upgraded graphics, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> you give me Super Mario Golf right now on the Switch, I will buy it. Because I love it. They're great games and it's Mario, you know? You can't hate on Mario. <laughs> Fair enough. I, yeah, I think you're right with the whole nostalgia thing is that, you know, it just it's that extra little bit of added value. And even if I go play the first world of Mario or something, that's still, you know, value that I've gotten out of that uh, out of that Nintendo online subscription. So plus you get to play with the Switch controllers, which like the uh, controllers that come with the NES mini are exactly that they're like they are mini they have really short cords like (laughs) well the the controllers that they have the special offer for the i don't know i don't want to call them switch controllers because i don't think they operate like switch controllers i think they're solely meant to play nes games because Mm -hmm. of the button schemes on them yeah but yeah they're wireless and they're exactly like nes games which But you also you still have to buy them. See, and that's like if they were just like, oh, yeah, and then we'll send you this, you know, controller set or something. I'd be like, deal. Even if it was like Nintendo Online cost me 60 bucks a year, but they had like biannual or or I guess semi-annual, whatever, like two or three times a year. If they sent me like a loot crate type swag box or these controllers <laughs> you know like if they send me extra stuff but just being like oh now you have access to a store where you can give us more money i'm like nintendo that feels bad 
Yeah, the the Switch controllers are only available to those who actually are using Nintendo Online. Mm -hmm. So, which it makes sense. When I first heard that, I was like, well, that's kind of lame. Why are you going to hide it? But then when you look at them and you realize, oh, wait, uh, these are really modeled to play the classic NES games, which you can only play if you have Nintendo Online. Right. So there's no reason. It's like it would possibly be creating more problems for them if people bought those controllers and then they didn't work with the the new Switch games. Then they'd be like, ah, nerd rage. So Nintendo's just avoiding nerd rage. (laughs) Yeah. They're taking the preemptive nerd rage. And then when the nerd finds out, there's less rage. Exactly. Okay. (laughs) But for 60 bucks a pop, like or for 60 bucks for two controllers, it's still pretty pricey. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those like and it's they're not launching till Mm mid-December. So if I feel like giving myself a Christmas gift and I can afford it. eh. But between now and then, too many good games are coming out for me to have money to buy. $60 $60 NES controllers. Exactly. So so overall, at 20 bucks a year or like, is it, did you say it was $8 for how long? Three, three months. Three months. Three okay. Months. Yep. For a second, I thought you meant it was $8 for six months. And I was like, that doesn't add up to $20 a year. You should totally <laughs> buy it in six months chunks then. But yeah, so $8 for three months or 20 bucks for a year seems worth it, right? Yeah. I for should me, just do it. <laughs> Unless, like, I was really hoping that with Nintendo Online, they'd add, like, Twitch incorporated in there. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So I can uh, stream and whatnot. For not having that, I'm probably not going to be renewing my membership. Like, I will play the heck out of these NES games. But after one point, it's going to be like, okay, it's been fun. It's been nostalgic. But if the only thing it's offering me is playing online with games that I don't play online already... Like, I couch co-op Mario Kart, and I couch co-op Mario Tennis Aces, so for me, it's just playing the NES games, and that will get old, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. so unless they add more to it, I'm probably not going to renew after three months. Yeah, and for me, like I said, I really liked playing Splatoon multiplayer, and I'm sure that when Smash comes out, Matt's going to want to play online, so it's probably worth it for our house because we do the competitive multiplayer online in some of these titles, but uh, yeah. I should just do it. I should just pull the trigger. I'm being, I know I'm being, <laughs> you know, silly. you're going to, why argue with yourself? I know I'm being silly. It's just, it's, I think it's just the hurdle of like, okay, one more online service I have to pay for. Like the amount of things I'm paying for as like annual subscriptions or whatever is just, there's just so many now that I'm like, man, <laughs> my bank account hurts, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it seems like Nintendo is offering the most affordable choice. And you know, for, for 20 bucks, I really can't, uh, can't yeah. really argue. It could be so much worse. So, <laughs> And they can only add to it. So like if they add a bunch to it to make it a more expensive product, buying the 20 bucks now would almost feels like an investment. Mm-hmm. Like 20 bucks for a year is a good price point for what it is. Right. And in the next whole year, they're going to be adding to it, which means it's more value. Yeah, you're Whereas, only going to get more over time. Yeah, which six months from now, they could add a lot to it and go, okay, guys, we've achieved the point where we're now doing the same price point as everyone else. You could be like, oh, damn, six months ago, I should have bought the year. Exactly. So Fair I'd enough. say just drop the 20, call it a day, play yourself some classic Zelda. It's amazing. <laughs> but hard. Just a reminder, guys, nostalgia is great, but I forgot how hard NES games were. Yeah, there oh were no goodness. difficulty settings. <laughs> yes. Oh, goblins and ghouls cheats. <laughs> Let's end it on that. 
Fair enough. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. You can also join our discord to join the conversation when we are off air over at bit.ly slash TGI discord. That's all lowercase. We have a patron ad this week from Simon who says weekly news desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week. You can join your two Knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. You can find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. That brings us to our topic of the week this week. We're just going to cover some news, odds, and ends, because I feel like this happens every time you come on the show, which is a good thing. There is Red Dead Redemption 2 news that you're super stoked about. So tell me what's new, because I feel like People finally got their hands on a significant demo. And when I say people, obviously, I mean news outlets, but right. <laughs> outlets got their hands on a two hour demo. What's the what's the news coming out of this? So the news coming out of it is pretty much this game is as amazing as we are all hoping it is. Um, like every little new detail I hear about it. If you're a first person shooter, guess what? You can play this entire game in first person. Um, the time schemes that they have, like how time affects your character, uh, it not only affects your character, it affects your camp. It affects the towns that you visit. Like I read one thing where it was like, oh yeah, I went to town and there was this construction going on to a building. And then the dev tapped me on the shoulder and said, oh, by the way, in a couple days time in, uh, in game, that's going to be a new shop. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? Like, are you kidding me? So the yeah. world kind of evolves around you over time. Well, that's the thing. It doesn't evolve around you. It's evolving. So okay. the the cool thing about it is it seems like I'm probably going to love and hate this aspect is that you can't, I'm assuming, you can't just sit there, uh, play one uh, mission, and then you spend two days worth of real time exploring the open world. Like you're just getting all the fur pelts, all the meat, you're stacking up resources, but there's just no repercussion. Whereas this feels like if it sounds like what they're saying, since the world is living, um, people will leave your camp because you're not doing missions with them. Uh, Maybe some people will join. Your character actually starts to stink after a while. So you got (laughs) to take um, you got to take showers. He'll grow his hair out. You got to shave it and like. Ugh. So it seems like there's the time becomes a resource you have to manage because it's really going to impact the world around you and your interactions with people and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's a yeah. system in the game kind of in and of itself. Yeah, because like before in games like this, when people say living world, they'll say you walk into a zone and, you know, NPCs are doing something. They're conducting their script which may loop, you know, oh, I took an arrow to the knee. Oh, I took an arrow to the knee. You know, Mm -hmm. it'll loop, but the town is moving. It's alive. It's doing something. Whereas in this, they took living world and actually made it a living world. Like people will be doing like kind of what Cyberpunk 2077 was talking about, where each NPC is scripted to be doing something for the whole day. It's not just a 30 second or two minute loop. It's look, our world is living. You are living in our world. The world is not living in you. So do what you want, but just keep in mind, time is a ticking. Mm-hmm. So it just like it blows my mind to think of a game like that, which makes me even super more excited just to experience what that is like. 
And to me, I was uh, very impressed by a lot of the in-game screenshots that were published. And I know that uh, at least one of the reviews that I read said that they were playing it on a PlayStation Pro, which is not a console that I have. (laughs) But (laughs) this is like this is what will make me buy a PlayStation Pro. Mm. Like looking at this game, because I know it's a PlayStation Pro, all these screenshots, there's no doubt in my mind. It's a PlayStation Pro on a super ultra HD TV. Right. It looks that beautiful. It does. It looks really good. And the thing that I found the most striking about this, and I don't know what it is, but they seem to for the for what I can kind of feel like is maybe the first time they seem to have like leaped over that uncanny valley. And I don't know what it is. I don't know why. I think it has something to do with the eyes, maybe. And maybe they're like cheating some of that because they have like hats on and stuff. And so the shadowing is a little bit different on the faces. But it looks even like jawbone, like the jawline of the characters and stuff and the um, detail around their mouths and things. These are things that a lot of games like seem like they're getting pretty close. But looking at the screenshots in game in Red Dead, It's like all the things that normally really bother me and scream video game as opposed to like live action movie sort of thing just don't (laughs) seem to be there. And it's it's like. I shocking isn't quite the word, but uh, it's just super impressive with, you know, the graphics that they're they're able to do specifically around the faces of humans. I'm just like, whoa, this looks really realistic. It's reminding me of the graphic jump that we saw with The Last of Us, where the PlayStation 3 was kind of nearing the end of its cycle, and all of a sudden it dropped The Last of Us, and it was like, wow, the PlayStation 3 has this kind of power? And it's Mm. like, man, that's kind of nice. And then we're looking at this game, like, I'm playing Monster Hunter World on my PlayStation 4. That's a fun game, but it looks like crap at times. Yeah. But then I look at Red Dead Redemption 2, and I'm just like, oh, man. And you talk about hats. Just so you know, your hat can get shot off. You can kill somebody and just pick up their hat and put it on. I'm just saying, <laughs> that's a mechanic now. Like, you, you just switch hats. Like, oh, my hat's not good enough. His hat's pretty cool. Let me shoot him. Take his hat. That's literally a thing you could do in the game. You can get hat envy. <laughs> well, and oh. that's kind of, that's one of the things that struck me from a lot of these reviews of this two-hour demo, is it very much seemed like, They've married the idea of a kind of sandbox, play how you want, embrace the chaos, have fun type game alongside this interesting narrative experience. And they seem to have balanced that in a really cool way. And I think the time mechanic really plays into that, where it's like you can't necessarily let yourself get too lost in the sandbox but you don't feel punished if you go and try to do like a train robbery or something, you know, like you can choose to play how you want to play, but you also can't, you know, get too bogged down in, I need to find 27 more tumbleweeds or something to (laughs) to craft this whip. I don't know. (laughs) 
So yeah, like yeah. you you can't get too bogged down in the farming because you have to keep an eye on the clock almost, but also, you know, you don't you can still explore and have your own experience. It, it's a balancing act for sure, and it seems like from the reviews they've done a good job of it. Yeah, that was like the main point a lot of people were hitting as to speculation-wise is like, okay, you've created this open world where my actions will affect that world. However, there's still only one single linear storyline with one ending. Mm -hmm. So how does that work? How can you like, if you're just the worst cowboy ever, you just walk into town, you start shooting people and, you know, then you're banned from going to that town or everyone's going to shoot at you. How does that have an effect on the storyline? Like it's, it'll be curious to see that balancing act in Mm -hmm. play, which isn't too hard to do. I guess if you keep, like the one thing I'm worried is they'll have like a mission in town and the town really hates you, but they ignore that for the duration of the mission. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I'm worried about. Otherwise, I guess you'd have to have the missions outside of those areas that are affected by how you behave. Otherwise, yeah, would... at least the starting point outside of it. Yeah. And then, yeah. And I mean, maybe they will take all of that into account. So it's like if you have to say, I don't know, go to the bank. For some reason, it's like some legitimate reason, not like to rob it, but some legitimate <laughs> reason you have to go to the bank. But the town absolutely hates you. Dude will be outside of that sphere of influence in order to give you the quest, possibly back at your own camp. Maybe that's where things start from. And then you have to figure out, which could be very interesting. You have to figure out how to do this scenario, given the town hates you. So it's almost like a built in difficulty setting, maybe. So it's like that if, would be interesting. If you I have to like go to that. the bank and the town likes you, then you just walk into the bank. No yeah. big deal. Howdy, but everybody. <laughs> yeah. But if you've gone in and shot up the town and everybody hates you, it's like, oh, well, now I have to find like a sneaky back way or like go in right before they close or something. So there aren't as many patrons in there who are going to want to shoot me like trying to <laughs> trying to figure out a like a sneaky back way in or something because the town hates you could be how they deal with that mechanic. But we'll have to see. It seems like they've. Uh, from the reviews, it seems like they've balanced it pretty well. So I'm still super stoked for uh, Red yes. Dead Redemption 2. And also can't believe the GTA 5, which was the last uh, Rockstar game, came out in 2013. Yes. <laughs> I was like, has well, it really been that long? No way. In their defense, though, uh, A, it's probably taken them forever to build this game. Mm-hmm. And B, they've kept up with GTA 5 online since then. Oh, There's totally. Oh, yeah. I'm not knocking them updates. at all. I'm just saying, like, I can't believe it's been that long. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Yeah. And uh, a little cat on the online thing. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Online for this one uh, will not be available at release, which kind of sucks because I was hoping we could do it for Extra Life Weekend. Mm-hmm. However, they're looking at doing a beta during November. And if I remember correctly, they did the same thing for GTA 5, where the game came out and then later on they released the online. So Which, the online stuff, what what exactly is that going to entail for uh, Red Dead Redemption 2? If it's similar to the first Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption and to GTA 5 online, um, pretty much your, how do I put this, your lobby becomes the map of the world. So in like for GTA 5, when you log in, you're in a lobby with a bunch of other people, but essentially you're in the game. And it's completely open. You do what you want. You drive where you want. You fly where you want, blah, blah, blah. And you can choose to go on missions in Red Dead Redemption, the first one. The missions were kind of built onto the map. 
where if you go to a certain area, it would kind of start up the mission and your you and your friends could do it. In GTA 5, you kind of have to go to a quest giver and it teleports you to like uh, your own mission world where nobody else is there. Uh, they also do have open world missions that you can do where other people can like interfere and blow you up while you're trying to do it. So if it's modeled after GTA 5, which I can see happening, it'll be open world, but it would feel weird having that GTA 5 sense of I'm going to kill you just because it's fun and that's what we do in this game. Mm. I feel like it would be more co-op and less competitive. That makes sense. So but I'm just super excited for this game. I yeah, I'm super excited for this game too, and and I hope it plays just as well on my normal PlayStation as it does on uh what it looks like the PlayStation uh, Plus. Because I don't know if I can justify get at the. I mean, the more games that I see like Spider-Man and Tomb Raider, I'm just like, oh man, this would probably be so good on the Plus, and I find myself when there is an option to go on any platform. I find myself choosing the PlayStation more often than not. So that probably is. And they also seem to have a lot of very high quality exclusives. So if I was going to buy a a, um, console like halfway through a cycle like this, PlayStation would be the one that I would buy. But I don't know. I just I find it so hard to buy these in between consoles. (laughs) But Joss, you don't understand how great this game is. Oh, your character I'm... can lose weight, gain weight. They can like roll up their sleeves if you want or roll them down. <laughs> when it comes to like haircuts, like this is a pretty cool thing. I thought as time goes on, your hair will get longer. You can choose to cut it, but you can never pick a haircut that's longer than the hair that you have. That's so fun. You can't just you can't just magically grow hair. I mean, who does that? <laughs> I mean, I'll hate that when I'm playing it because I want the really cool long hair thing and I'll have short hair. But still, it's cool. (laughs) Again, with the time mechanic built in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're super excited about this. And I am, too. And I'm definitely going to play it. I just don't know if I can justify the console purchase. But I can I can hope and I can dream. (laughs) Maybe I'll put it on my Christmas list. (laughs) Uh, The other thing we wanted to talk about tonight, uh, which kind of actually feeds into the conversation about the whole classic NES games, but uh, PlayStation has now done a Nintendo and are putting out the PlayStation Classic that is going to come. I think it's like 43% smaller than the original PlayStation. It's going to come preloaded with 20 different games, but they haven't told us what those 20 games are going to be. So I found that a little bit interesting. I'm like, why didn't you just yeah. tell us what the we only know games five is? games right now? Exactly, so. exactly. And the five games they chose to tell us about, none of them were particularly. And again, I only had Nintendo consoles growing up. I didn't grow up on PlayStation. My first PlayStation was a PlayStation 3. So I am not the target audience for this. But I looked at the list of PlayStation classic titles and I was like, mm, I recognize Final Fantasy, but that's about it. <laughs> like yeah. that and reco- Tekken. <laughs> yeah, I recognize Final Fantasy seven. But at this point, it's been on every single console known to man. Exactly. It's like, no longer. It's not yeah, special. It's like, ooh, you got Final <laughs> Fantasy seven. OK. And, you then, and like you said, else. Tekken, because I mean, right now there's like 
Tekken 18. So you kind of know what Tekken is. The other three? No idea. Yeah. And so because those are the ones that they chose to tell us about in the announcement, I'm just like, how obscure are your other 15 titles going to be? Well, and again, that's the same position you're in where I grew up Nintendo and PC. So uh, I never owned a PlayStation 1. I owned a PlayStation 2 for about a week until I traded in to get a GameCube. (laughs) So, yeah, for me, Jumping Flash, Ridge Racer and Wild Arms, no idea. Just there's too many things coming out around this same time that I'm going to give this one a hard pass. Yeah, which which feels, you know, feels kind of bad because like we've just been talking about nostalgia and how awesome it is, you know, to have these minis and the re-release of the Nintendo games with their online service and all this kind of stuff. And I I feel kind of bad for PlayStation. But yeah, I just didn't uh, didn't grow up with this stuff. So I'm not even sure like I'm going back and looking at like original PlayStation titles and there's nothing that's necessarily jumping out at me. So if you guys did grow up on PlayStation and if you are a gamer who's super excited about PlayStation Classic, please do let us know because I'm interested to know like what potential title on PlayStation I'm totally missing here. And if you are excited about it, I really want to know why. So yeah, same here. Yeah, you can talk to us over on Discord. You can send us an email. There's lots of ways to get in touch with us. I'm really curious. Yeah. And just so in case you guys are wondering, it's going to drop December 3rd. Um, just it's going to be $100. For Christmas. <laughs> yeah. It's $100 US, 130 Canadian. So. And it comes with the original, like, classic controllers and everything, which, like, I looked at it and I'm like, oh my God, that looks like a current PlayStation controller. And then I was like, oh my God, it doesn't have the sticks. Like, I've. Yeah. <laughs> spent so oh, wow, much. it doesn't. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> It took what is me a controller a really without a joystick? Yeah, it took me a really long time to realize that uh, there were no sticks on it. I was like, wow, it's been so long. So I just <laughs> feel like there's been sticks on all controllers for all time, except like Super Nintendo. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's so jarring to look at that with how much PlayStation I've been playing lately. I know. I know. It's funny how they haven't really altered the base design of the shape of the controller in so long. But hey, if it works. Yeah. It's clearly doing something right. So uh, so, yeah, if you're excited about PlayStation Classic, do get in touch with us and let us know why. Uh, that's pretty much going to do it for us tonight. Josh, thank you so much for joining us. Tell everyone yeah. where they can find you on the Internet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, the underscore JDC. Uh, I also hang out in the TGI Discord a lot. So if you guys want to chat, I'll be there. And I do stream every night except for Thursdays on Twitch, just Josh 22. Most of the time, it's Val and I having a fantastic time and don't starve. Uh, but I am open to suggestions as well if anybody wants to play something because I'm all about co-op games because those are amazing. And that's kind of what my stream is about. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining me tonight. Always a great time to have you here. Uh, You can visit us on the web over at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter. I am Jocelyn at JossPlays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. Video versions of all our episodes are streamed on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash thegamersin and are also available after the fact over on Twitch. And again, if you'd like to email the show and let us know what you think about PlayStation Classic or any of the games that we talked about today, please do so at info at gamersinpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.